0: I would say probably half the songs, like, to this day, half the songs that I wrote were maybe before I even met Jarbo at school, just fucking sitting there, because I'd write two or three a day. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I would just sit, and I, I'd get like, just, like, fucking hear, like, just a, a melody in my head, think about it for a while. Mm-hmm words would form out of it and then you know I'd just I'd write it. They were all fucking garbage. Not a single one of them exists today. I can't remember any of them. But um cuz yeah, I was just doing it entirely in isolation and I'd go home and I'd try to like figure them out on guitar and they'd all be kind of the same or shitty or the same and shitty. Um and you know and i and i started to be able to like write a little bit and um but yeah there was always feedback like um the first song i wrote was uh to see the world now available on MySpace and um reverb nation <laughs> <laughs> um and i wrote that when i was like 12 or 13 and um, we're probably like closer to 14 and I was still getting lessons from Corey at the time <coughs> so i had like I had his feedback you know I played it for him uh. <coughs> and um, and so yeah like it's it's definitely it's a lot harder to find it like especially now like back then it was i have a pen and paper and a guitar hmm. and you know i wrote these words and i want to try to find chords and sing and play them and if i'm lucky then maybe a friend has like cubase or something or some mm. shitty early like software yeah. that i can put this down and like maybe try this lead idea i have in my head now it's songwriting is okay um here's a song idea but also um what does this song actually sound like like what is like a full production like demo yeah. of this of this song and like where do you stop you know when it's and like and a big one for me with how i like at least do uh do foxes is where do you stop in like well if i can just you know just uh, put an infinite number of of choruses here or whatever i can just fucking copy and paste shit and it's that simple, then like where do you say enough is enough? Where do you like say, no, it's stronger to just do the riff one time for four bars and just let that hook and instead of well but you you play for four. Like, duh. You play you play for four bars. And you like Repetition, repetition, um, you know, all those kind of decisions that c- that come into it a lot earlier, because it's just it's right there. It becomes part of the of the songwriting process. Anyway, hello, we're Sam's Goose, but uh. We're fandoming some some nonsense all over you. Um, the
1: dyad, the two two
0: goobers. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we've been talking talking music. We won't um, do that for for too much longer. I do have to ask though. Um, mm-hmm. Do you figure out what's up with the? Uh, our guitars. Oh, there your guitar!
1: I just need to d- do it. Just need to do the thing. What about um, the Paul? Uh, so funny thing, your, uh, the wiring mm-hmm. in your Fender is of course still fine. Right. So the wiring that came with those uh pickups, I'm just gonna use that to, uh, to plug your guitar up, and then
0: the that old wiring I'm gonna use to rewire the. Less Paul. Got you. So have you got a chance to uh put fucking taps on the pickup and see if it's like getting It's getting signal. It's uh so in the wiring mm-hmm.
1: there is a like a good maybe two inch portion of one of the connections made to the uh um that pickup. Yeah. That um, so what is it? hot fi- sticky finger dirty, dirty fingers dirty fingers yeah. <laughs> uh but um yeah there's like a two two inch portion of that wire that is completely exposed and yeah. so like all of the capacitance you know it's like it's not
0: okay so it's not it's not going to read at its full fucking like no
1: it's not yeah it's not going to have enough output Got you. unless that wire is repaired um or replaced but uh
0: yeah cuz it should be fucking hot yeah yeah
1: and it's it's still putting out a little bit of signal even okay. with that so
0: yeah Pulp and so those are hard to find and getting very expensive i wish i would have bought more of them um whenever they were like $100 of course i couldn't af- have afforded to it was like fucking 15 years ago but how, how much uh if you can find them like Two something. Okay. Yeah. But at least like that's probably the cheapest I've seen them for lately. And there's really not, not enough, like there are other like high output humbuckers. And I wouldn't use the Dirty Fingers in anything but a Gibson or or an Epiphone. Because um, they don't have a lot of bass response. But that's good in a Les Paul that naturally has a lot more bass response than say a tele or a Strat or something like that. It would sound too thin in uh in a fender style guitar, but they sing in mahogany um, but <coughs> i like I've looked there aren't that really any cheaper alternatives. Em. um but yeah that'll sound nice once you get that in there sorry guys um so we're gonna talk about uh, some red dead and uh the last five episodes of visions and the finale of uh, of what if the last last two episodes of that not necessarily in that order and probably some other things too. It's free. Um, so I watched Venom. Uh Carnage two. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um How's that? Now I watched a cam. It was pretty p- pretty decent quality. The audio was good. Like the audio wasn't like in a Folgers can. Got it, yeah. Yeah. Um and that's the thing that bugs me most about cams. It's like I can't understand a goddamn thing anyone is anyone is saying. Um it sounds like someone put a f- microphone up to a fucking cell phone. Um The video looked like shit, but um v- stable. Um Not that good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Really? And I approached it like, it's not going to be good. Yeah. Like, I was, like, going in expecting it to be kind of shitty, kind of really shitty. And um, and it was. But, like, not – and I don't even say – not in a Batman – And Robin or Batman Returns, whichever one you want to say. I think they're both equally kind of shit in different ways. Um, Sorry. But, like, because no, like, nothing charming or, like, playfully campy to, like, redeem it or, like, make it feel like it's intentional or whatever it rehashes it basically rehashes Eddie and Venom's like conflict from the first movie and I won't get into spoilers but um you know ca- you'd think that carnage would be like one of the hardest characters to fuck up characterization wise really do they do that? How do they do that? They do that. Well, they fuck up. Okay, so I don't care if it's spoiled. Today. Okay. So it's in theaters. Just go watch it or don't. You probably shouldn't. Um but anyway, skip to the time on screen to um uh, to miss spoilers. Anyway, so um So, like, the way that Venom and Eddie defeat Carnage and Cassidy, it's not by Shriek, who is in the movie as um, Cletus's love interest and who he, like, genuinely has affection for. And has conflict with Carnage because Carnage hates her ass because she can like shriek him away, yeah, a- and cause him pain. Um, and so there's, and so you're seeing the problem here already. Yeah, there's conflict between Cletus Cassidy and the Carnage symbiote. And the reason why Eddie is and Venom are able to beat beat them is because. They're in sync, but Cletus and Carnage aren't. Are you seeing the problem in, like, that's the whole thing about, like, Yeah. Carnage is, like, he's basically just, he is Cletus, and Cletus is Carnage. Like, Cletus already was that monstrous. Yeah. Carnage just revealed his true nature. Yeah. That's why it's why they say I am and Venom is never really completely bonded with with Eddie in that in that fashion, which like you know whatever d- different interpretations, but there's not enough um characterization of of um Woody Cassidy, to to justify giving him like any kind of of sympathy, um, and it's just dumb. And then, so <sighs> so anyway, Venom bites off bites off Carnage's head and and that's the end of that and that that did it? Yeah. That that did it. Neat. Like he just he just bites he just eats Carnage. Um and yeah that that did it. Was no there a whack ass uh after credits with like
1: Tom Holland or some shit? Yeah. So
0: <laughs> So fucking Eddie is in a hotel room somewhere and he's talking to uh to Venom and Venom's telling him about, like, his fucking, like, his knowledge, bro. Like, you can't, like, wrap your mind around his knowledge, bro. He, like, a symbiote, fucking hive mind across universe is, question mark? Um... And Eddie's like, show me. And fucking some wicky wacky fucking Steven Strangey timey wimey bullshit happens. And they're in a fucking int- completely different, like, well, it's the same hotel room, but it's different now. And it's, like, brighter. It's got a better budget. And, um,. And it's, you know, it's a lot more, um, wine mom appropriate. They're in the MCU now. And, uh, and on the screen is fucking JJ's broadcast revealing, uh, Peter's identity. And, uh, and Venom's like, that motherfucker. And that's it. How would you know who. I don't know. All right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sounds like a cinematic masterpiece. If that's not a glowing review, then uh, I probably have brain worms. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Not that good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm trying to think of if there's anything. I thought there was some other thing. Um, other than the. Main event. Hmm. But fun. Yeah. So where do you want to start?
1: Uh start with Red Dead. Okay. I probably have the uh least to say about this portion as opposed to the other two uh word things we're gonna talk about.
0: Yeah. Um So, let's see, we, um, what three did we do this week? We did, um, oh, yeah, we, we burned down, um, the old still Mm -hmm. with, um, what's the fucking deputy's name? Gray? No. Er, no, no, um,
1: fuck. What is his name? Archibald. Archibald. Archibald, yeah. What a dummy. That guy, he just cannot see the writing on the wall. It's so funny when he's on screen.
0: Um, and then we fucking robbed Cornwall again. Damn it, uncle. And then we got ourselves in the middle of the inbred retailing of Romeo and Juliet. Mm Mm-hmm which connects back to the first mission in the um, in the dynamic of the of the old planter class versus the new politicized ruling class oh of yeah, the yeah of the south um And probably a little bit of a, a generous reading of it, you know. Yeah, I would say history has them much more in bed with each other, yeah, than um than being like clear lines of opposition, right? Like, um, but still, it there is a there is a tension there, you know, um historically um that is probably the most interesting dynamic of of this um of this chapter um and um Yeah, who who do you like? If you gotta if you gotta pick one Grays or Braithwaite. I guess Grays I don't know. Yeah. That's they're both garbage to me. Right, yeah. Um w- Yeah, it's really hard to s- hard to say cuz like th- the you know, the greys have embedded themselves into the socio-political structure of the town. And yeah. so th- they are able to continue the exploitation of black people um most predominantly um Subvertly, and yeah. you know, yeah. But and then the the by maintaining, um, the like their farming practices and in integrating sharecropping and yeah, um, and and like, uh, shine running and stuff, um. Right, Shine well, running ju- seems
1: fun, so I will go I will go Braithwaite. If only for the fact that it seems fun to like run moonshine around.
0: Yeah. That <laughs> is true. Damn. Cause then
1: what fun are the Greys having that isn't like horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and like kind of holier than
0: thou. That's true. Yeah.
1: The Braithwaites at least get the uh the fun part of being a hillbilly without any of the uh cost uh uh you know that part in in particular doesn't right. have the cost of uh like karmic retribution and <laughs> well it's like just exploitation mm. i guess mm. the moonshine was created out of the labor of people who aren't
0: getting right yeah and i think i think matt's just ta- matt's talked about this in the actual like in the Kush vlogs, like the what, or maybe it was um, a history is a weapon episode or something. But like what what changed isn't like the dynamics of the relationship. It was instead of the exploitation coming directly from the slave owner, it comes from the market. Yeah. You know, it comes from, you have to, well, you have to compete in the market, so you have to sell yourself, and so you have no social capital to exchange, so you have to sell yourself wholly, so you're basically back where you started from, All you go home to your own house that you have to pay for. Right. Instead of, like, to the master's quarters. Well, we can't pay them nothing anymore, so I guess we'll just pay them next to nothing. Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, like... uh, And y- usually it's, I mean, it's the same people that benefit either way too. So, right. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's all the same idea. It's just, I don't know, with the with the Braithwaites, at least you get to pretend that you're not one of the people who are fucking in charge. Right. You know, even yeah. though you are. Because th- even the structure that the Greys, you know, maintain and defend uh, <laughs> serves them as well. Because it creates a political class that is, you know, lower than them. People who have less rights, less ability to enact their will. And sure, they don't like having to, like, (laughs) answer to anybody or to be able to be uh, constrained to the law of the land or even to any kind of communal or societal structure that doesn't just favor the family. Whatever, they're still fucking... Yeah, it's all garbage, you know? It's hard to be like pick favorites here. Right. Um. But, yeah, no. Sh- shine running seems fun. NASCAR seems like the coolest sport given to the worst people. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. Because it's just like it was born out of an anti-authority uh, reappropriation of mechanical means. To, you know, distribute an illicit substance, and it became (laughs) just, like, a propagandized celebration of excess and fucking uh, hegemonic superiority, I guess. I don't know. Maybe the connection to legitimate, like, car manufacturers and things like that inevitably would create any racing institution to... Um uh, you know it would yeah create a uh dissolution of its original uh purpose and just become another facet of consumption I don't know still cargo room moonshine gets you drunk and usually tastes pretty good
0: maybe maybe Nash car needs to a. Evolve. Yeah. Like, instead of just going in a circle, maybe there should be, like, (laughs) (laughs) goalposts. And, like,
1: Everyone uh, has to steal their own cop car to (laughs) compete.
0: Yeah, everyone has to steal their own cop car. And there's a giant beach ball. (laughs) And and there's... (laughs) And there's a... There's a car. There's a goalie Right at each. Ooh, should it be a car or a person? Nah, a car.
1: Yeah, it should totally <laughs> be a car. They already did that with people, and it's pretty gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Soccer. I'm just going to skip right over the yeah. car. Yeah. Skip right over so- car soccer. Just yeah. go right to the pun. Soccer. Good thing there's nothing
1: else like that. And we're the originators of this idea. I'm but sure there's a thousand things like that. I um, mean, it's Rocket League. Yeah, <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah but real. No, <laughs> it's the realest of all. Zach, it's digital. <laughs> it's the only thing that's real.
0: So yeah, uh, how how'd you do in your in your race? Oh, uh, fine. I don't know. I feel like um.
1: The only thing that makes me fail a mission now is to fucking, <laughs> is to just have some catastrophe of the physics engine or bug to take place. Yeah. Uh. So as long as I don't just like smack my horse into something or accidentally like jump a fence I didn't mean to or, you know, like shoot an explosive I'm standing right next to because something weird happened with the camera. Yeah. yeah I think everything usually goes pretty well. Although I had to repeat, I I robbed the for, uh, the homestead with Sean, and I fucking had to repeat it because I accidentally knocked the last guy out with the <laughs> like butt of my rifle. <laughs> because I wasn't paying enough attention. So,
0: and I haven't had uh, that long, um, so I'm probably like level two with him. Um so we haven't gotten like like the skids and shit down oh yeah down yet. And he's still a little a little shaky at times. Um so I'm in the fucking lead and going past those fucking hay bales and I get too far over to the left to dodge the first one. Oh and, and you just, just go smack fucking it. flying. Uh almost killed the horse, so I have to revive my horse. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm like, fuck. So I'm like, okay. I'll Shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, so I, rev- I revive the horse, and of course, Dutch is way too far ahead. And he's almost to camp. No way I'm catching up at this point. Like I'm not fucking losing because of my cause I had to fucking save my horse. So, I get on the horse, and I go the opposite way, and I'm like, when is this Fucking like mission going to fail, like oh no, I'm in a race. Like okay, then I'll just get off the horse and kill myself. I can't get off the horse. It won't let me just like why off the horse. So I fucking you have to <laughs> smack the horse. <laughs> <right> <laughs> into <a fucking> tree <laughs> and like, just like, like, like throw dynamite <laughs> at yourself. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Um. And had to restart that and listen to fucking. Dutch's fucking stupid plan all over again and (laughs) shit. But. Yeah. Smoked him that time. And I would have smoked him the first time. But just. Yeah. Not quite tight enough on those. On those sharp turns yet. But.
1: Yep. Maple is my horse's name. I fucking forgot it last time. Yeah, no, I, I passed a, uh, um, uh, um, not, not Murphy Brood, uh, O'Driscoll camp. And I think the one of the best parts of just these encounters is you can just, like, toss a stick of dynamite mm-hmm. and then just watch the chaos ensue. Honestly, I think I hit every, like, every single one of the people in that camp, I think, got hurt by that piece of dynamite. But not, like, most of them didn't die. I think yeah. only one of them died from it. And, uh, Then I just took the bow out, and that's really satisfying. If you can just, like, kill everybody with the bow before anybody has a chance to even, like,
0: get back at you. Ah, fuck. Uh, yeah, I ran into. Well, I didn't run into. I know where to find them. Um, the KKK. Uh, while I was. I still have not met any of them. Seen any of them. Okay, so. You know that fucking red barn uh outside of roads close to camp yeah um they'll be around there like somewhere in the woods at night you'll see the fucking like the glow of the torches and shit uh it's usually well depends on which way you're facing it from um i want to say it's like a little bit due east of there not not far. The woods, like the little like patches, right right next to it. Um, that's the first one. I've never found the third one. The second one is, um, like in a field, uh, close to where the um, uh fucking the two brothers who have the fence. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the horse horse bros. Yeah. Um, it's close to there in like one of those like probably an old battlefield or or something. Um,
1: mm, okay,
0: yeah. Um, and I, like I said, I don't know where the third one is. That um, I'm gonna try to find it this time. Um, and yeah, I dynamited them. Um, I think some of them got away. It wasn't my cleanest. I'm not sure if I got the wizard or not. And I shot some of them, but some of them still made it away before I could shoot them all. And then I found, I stumbled upon a, uh, I think it was O'Driscoll's, or no, it was Lemoyne Raiders. Um, who were robbing a train. And uh, I bit off more than I could chew in that one. Didn't. I need to uh, up my gun game. Mm. Um, way, way, way too many of them. Um, I died. And what else did I? Oh, and I I finally, for the first fucking time, motherfucking Hosea. Oh, whoa, We'll go over here. They've got all kinds of sturgeon in this lake. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking just walk down from camp, like, just on the shore, not a fucking mile, fucking cast out. I caught three fucking sturgeon. Never fucking caught sturgeon in the whole fucking game. Caught three fucking, like, 15-pound sturgeon. Yeah. Just fucking just... Just chilling there, right next to camp. And fucking Hosea's got us going to this crick over here. <laughs> I didn't see a fucking fish for two days straight. I didn't see a goddamn sturgeon in that fucking spot. Um. But yeah. Um. And then. Um, Robin the the stage that is probably I think that's one of the most like intense missions, like s- yeah. like subtly intense, but just trapped in there, them coming from all sides. It doesn't fucking matter how stealth stealthily you kill. The motherfucker that yeah. c- that comes in there, like as soon as you like quietly slit his throat, like all right, let's sneak out the back. Charles with his fucking shotgun, just like boom, like well, what? Well, I thought we were going to take it s- slow, Arthur, or what the fuck ever Uncle s- Uncle says. I decided to improvise. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's it's a good, and I don't want to say. Metaphor, but it's it's a good encapsulation of like where the gang is at, at this, at this point, you know, like, we're, we're past train robbing, train robbing is never gonna go, well, again, you it's know, just, uh, yeah, it's just desperation now. That's right, it's we're we're closed in now, the house is falling down around us and they're coming at us from all sides. Um and the like the the claustrophobia of the moment is starting to is starting to sink in and starting to become become apparent. Um but yeah, make it out make it out from there and um And then go over to the to the Gray's place and meet Bo, and and then as I mentioned last week, my favorite piece of non diegetic music in the game. I, I mean, I I love Unshaken, and um, that's the way it is. And well, no, my f- okay favorite piece of non-diegetic music that exists on the fucking soundtrack that I can actually listen to. My favorite piece is the score when they're coming off the mountains um, at the beginning of chapter two. Yeah. Right before um, like you get like the wagon wheel breaks. Um, there's a like a lyrical version of it But I just want the fucking, just the vocalizing, um, just that, just the pure sound. And that doesn't exist on score on any of the fucking, like, soundtracks for the game. Um, somebody should just rip the audio from the, uh, from the sequence. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna fucking just do that. Just turn down all sound effects and see if that works. Um,. That part that's the part I'm talking about um but the the course of true love is fucking beautiful, and i'm gl- I'm glad that comes up a few times, like that is that is something that is deserves honestly an entire like episode dedicated to it, we might do that once we get through the story. Before we get to the epilogue, um, is the music in this game is absolutely top notch. Um, like there's so many good
1: themes and yeah, they all feel connected to like story beats and mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and how it's able to do to do that while being a game and so having to have, like, an innate cyclical nature to the music because, you know, you can't, like, do it for 16 bars or whatever. Like, the music may need to just change on a dime halfway through a measure yeah. or something because now Bounty Hunters are coming after you or now you stumbled 15 upon 15. fucking Crocs or fucking Le Moine Raiders or some shit like that, you know? Um But yeah, so um take her the l- the letter and I've gotta go tell Bo something at some point, whatever it was. But um for now back at camp and um and I get back to camp and Dutch and Javier are sitting on the beach or standing on the beach. Sure, whatever. Um, and they're, and they're talking. And, um, and I think it's, well, it's a low honor. Like, I can't remember if it's when you leave the doctor's office or if it's part of the montage of, um, of shit in the, the final ride back to camp. Like in the in that's the way it is, like in the little qu- quotes that show up. Um but it's the I um, think it's the we're not criminals. We're outlaws. Um and he's just like reassuring Javier and Arthur's like, Oh, you ain't gotta question Javier's loyalty and Dutch says I ain't so sure about any of you these days. Which is an interesting thing for him to say. I mean, we we know that's where he ends up, but it hasn't been a day since he just, you know, I was going to say, you're like a son to me. Yeah. But you're more than that. You know, the... um, I don't know. It's the that that conflict in in Dutch is obviously there before um before the like the trolley incident. Um but I don't know, I like I think w-
1: troubled people tend to feel very differently in short periods of time anyway. Yeah. Like but I mean that may just be like a level right. of explanation I'm trying to use to explain away just a
0: necessity of the game. Right. Like uh, um Yeah, like I feel like it would be approached obviously a lot or handled a lot differently now. I thought like, like Because uh, it honestly just seems like just a level of like of Im- of imposter syndrome and like Dutch has BPD, like because it's like he's he knows that he has these relationships, he knows that he has this position of authority and trust and everything, but something in his in his mind can't like let him g- let go of the fact or of the of the paranoia that everyone is going to betray him and as like the the natural and material forces close in on him that becomes a lot harder to to ignore but before that when he thinks that they're as safe as they can be right now it's already it's already there so it's not in you know it's not entirely th- you know it's not entirely that it's not entirely the the forces of capital and everything that are driving him in that way um but you know i i think that at least options would would be more present now cuz what i like what resources does he have except to say well i'm i'm dutch i make the plans i'm usually right and so if i think that everyone is going to betray me then obviously everyone is going to betray me there's no like by by what disorder? I've I've never been to to Alaska, let alone the North Pole, what or the South Pole. What are you talking about? Um but yeah, so that's that's where I left. Went to went to bed and and then tomorrow we'll get up and Oh, yeah, and I did the fucking, um. Oh, the. Glenn Hughes. Um. Fucking, uh, Strauss mission. The one with the fucking graveyard. Oh, uh, yeah. I haven't yeah. done any of the Strauss.
1: The second, l- uh,
0: set of Strauss stuff yet. Yeah. I was in town to meet Dutch. And It was right there, I was like I was going to go ahead and do that um, and th- so you know you can't do shit in um in roads while you're deputized, yeah, um except one time I don't know if he shoots somebody that'll cause a bit of a stir, but The two assholes, they're like, No, I ain't gonna mind you at all. You, you you mind your business, we'll mind ours. Yeah, have a good day. Like, I said, we're closed. Fucking pissed to whip both those motherfuckers out. And so, Gwen gives me the brooch and he's leaving, and I'm, and I'm following behind him, just like, like, just leave town, just leave town. I want to kill you. Just, just leave town. <laughs> <laughs> and he just like. He walks past, past those guys and fucking double takes, like, "Whoa, what the hell happened here?" Um, but yeah, that's. That's about all I got into. This week, you do anything. Off the beaten path, you just do the. Oh, mission. we already we already
1: mentioned, uh, all the stuff I did. Oh, I did some of the. um Wrangling of the exotic animals I think the only one I got back is the um the donkey the d- donkey zebra
0: I've only done that like w- one time it's one of it's
1: probably my least s- favorite set of uh assigned missions. It's just not very interesting in any way that is uh beyond just the silliness of it
0: yeah, yeah that one. And, um. Uh, Magnifico.
1: Is that the, uh, Freak Show one? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Those are ones like, okay. I did it, like, one time. Like, I get it. Like yeah.
1: That one is at least weird enough in the playing of it that it's. It's rewarding in that sense. Yeah. Like, you get to chase a little person who's conducting magic through the woods. Right. I mean, it's fun. Like,. It's just weird and goofy, but uh, you know, like wrangling the the zebra isn't that much fun. And then later on with right. the, uh, I guess the lion part of it is pretty pretty cool.
0: But again, it's as you said, it's like, it's really only like the first time, yeah, that you that you play it. And it's because you know, you're not expecting the lion.
1: Um, yeah, because they set up that he's bullshitting really well, and right. then it's this version of that, that, there oh, there is a uh, an actual lion here. Why doesn't he shave his mustache? <laughs> <laughs> That's, like, one of the main things, because, like, he's just saying, oh, I'm just tricking. It's just, it's an illusion, you know? It, it's, uh I'm just pretending to be a woman, because then it's somehow more impressive that I can wrangle animals. Right. And, (laughs) uh, but then why leave the, why leave the fucking, the clit tickler up there? (laughs) It's fucking, makes no sense.
0: So, did you, did you watch, um, Chappelle? No. The
1: Closer? Yeah. (laughs) No. I, I I still probably will. I just, I
0: don't. Did you watch it? Yeah. Uh, What'd you think? Um, like I said in the. in our chat with. with Jacob, I think he made like. He. there were. there were some. some funny bits in there. Um. He. he made a fucking movie pitch that was. um. Base that was ancient aliens, but somehow more blatantly anti Semitic. (laughs) (laughs) Um and then like he made some some valid points as far as like um like the like intersection of the LGBT community and like white privilege in so far as it relates to white lgbt people but you know b- a little bit of lip service was paid to like to the b- to the black um gay or trans community or whatever but the d- you know the justification for most of it was um He's like he's talking about. Um, he was at at a club or a bar or something somewhere, and um, and some altercation happened, and uh, and a trans woman uh, called the cops. And it wasn't like any kind of any kind of thing. It was like, uh, "Oh, your fucking dog is lost. I'll help you. I'll call the cops." You know, like a white person calling the cops because that's what you do to help somebody—kind of thing. You know, like white people do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I can't remember what the exact scenario was, but um. Because and Dave was like, "You're, you know, you're a minority until you need to be white," and like, that is valid, and like that's all you know, that's valid for fucking white feminism too. But that's not the entire fucking picture. Um, yeah. and wait,
1: okay, so like one of the main people that we associate with like the Stonewall riots was a black trans woman, right?
0: Right. <coughs> and also,
1: also, isn't that kind of when people talk about like intersectionality in resistance to opposition and stuff, that's kind of one of the more important combinations because it's the same people issuing the uh, the standards against these people. Right. You know, any I- you know, anybody who has any kind of uh, deviation from the, the white. Cis normative, whatever,
0: culture. Right. I mean, oh, absolutely. It definitely falls apart under any kind of, like, critical lens. But that is the one thing that would give him, like, that is like a valid conversation yeah, that yeah. we're not totally. fucking really having. Um, and then he fucking gets to the fucking um, like Gender is a fact. bullshit bullshit, and you know, blah blah, blah 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 blah, and just really, yeah, that's disappointing. Yeah, um, yeah, not, not a good look. Um, you know, um, it just seems
1: like okay if you're gonna. I don't know. It feels it feels pretentious of me to feel like I have better insight into the way this stuff intersects. But it seems like for somebody that has undoubtedly benefited from the way things are, you know what I mean? Right. Who is whose life is being held together by supported? You know, to a, to a to a grand extent because of his talents. Uh, Acknowledgement from from society to use that to undermine the struggles of another group of, uh, of people who, you know, in other circumstances wouldn't be able to uh, have any kind of agency or safety in
0: in our, our culture. Yeah, I think it was Jack Saint. Um, he said on Twitter, like, if you're a... A millionaire in a society that is becoming increasingly hostile to millionaires, pitting two classes of marginalized people against each other is probably a, a good position to to be in. Yeah. You know. um, It's not, it's not cool. No, it was disappointing. Um, but. Like it, like I said, it was, it was funny at times, but, I don't know, maybe like, uh, like, this is, this is out there, but, and like, and he said like, whatever shit he said about like, about punching down, which is just like, it was like, in order for it to be punching down, you have to believe that they're beneath you. Like, no. It's about your, like, your class and material position in relation to your target. It has nothing yeah. to do with how you feel about them or if you think they're beneath you or not. And, like, here's a wild wacky idea. Maybe if you're in a position of power, and privilege, don't direct that to anyone that is beneath you. And if you're rich, that's anyone that is not. Like, take marginalized people off the fucking table, but that's also fucking, like, hillbillies and white trash, or who the fuck ever, like, direct your ire upwards, and he won't piss anybody off. Now, pissing people off is the entire name of the game. Yeah. Because, like, he's a cash cow for Netflix. They're not going to fucking take his shit off of there. And so all this does is just build it buzz. Makes us all talk about the yeah, exactly. Sp-
1: special. Um, um, let me if. It, it sucks, too, because, like... I, I feel like I'm in a position where it would be inherently disingenuous for me to take so much umbrage with this that I would make a stink about it. Right. Like, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, like, bring this up to people. I would, like, I would respond with my opinion if I was asked. But, like, it's not, a, like, a... Because I'm not, I don't have any, like, friction in these things other than, like, with my beliefs and what. Right. And I can't do anything to bring those into, like, the real world in in just my normal operations. So, right. why should I feel the need to to weigh in? Or li- you know what I mean? Like, I. Oh, yeah. I, that's kind of why I've been avoiding watching it because I don't want to have to have a take about have it. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I I will say this though. It j- it seems like if if you just if you get money, you just lose you lose touch. Yeah, oh absolutely. That it happens to everybody. Which sucks cuz I I need money.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And I don't want to lose touch.
0: <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, I <I'd laughs>
1: You wanna talk about visions? <laughs> well, I.
0: Yeah, but. Bef- I am running out of time. Oh, okay. Um, well, um, yeah, we'll talk about visions and what if here in a second. Here is a uh, word from our sponsors. <laughs> Okay, and we're back. Please support the channel by buying those products and or services. Um, So yeah, um, so Visions, so do you get time to finish the show? Yeah, cool.
1: I tell you what though, standout episodes for me
0: were five, eight, and nine interesting yeah um yeah i i debated on cuz originally i told you you'd watch up to 5 last week mm-hmm. but um i didn't want to send you off with honestly i i think that 5 is out of the park yeah
1: i was thinking when it ended i would watch an entire series of yeah. this absolutely
0: um it it feels like such a pilot. It does. Like.
1: Because 'cause you've got a sick ass group of people there, mm-hmm. all with different motivations and character types and the main character seeming Mara, I guess was her was Cara. her name? Kara. Yeah. Um uh was, you know, best girl material. Just a just a really fucking awesome introduction uh, sequence yeah. to her. And we get to see development with her. Mm-hmm. I think if it was a series, that probably wouldn't have happened yet, with
0: her, like, getting a color to her. I know. I think that—I <sighs> think everything, like, works as, like, as a as a pilot. you
1: c- Yeah, you could definitely run with it. it yeah,
0: None of it's—based ca- on where we end,
1: there's so much room for— Right. Because her dad being in peril could take mm-hmm. them to,
0: you know, the four corners of the fucking galaxy. Yeah, and— Finding the other lost Jedi, yeah, hundred percent. I want, I want more of, of yeah. that. The oh, in uh, the
1: last shot with the the whole mm-hmm. station being revealed to be a lightsaber. Yeah, yeah, just super fucking
0: sick imagery there. The we got never got a name for him, but the old droid. Yeah, like, who was just fucking sipping. This episode really, and I forget who the fucking. Um, who the studio was for this one? I think it was I, IG. Uh, um, but this episode really had some Ghibli vibes. Oh, yeah. To me.
1: It felt like, um, oh, what's the one with the fucking, the speeders and the, uh, fuck. I can't even remember. Uh, it's The Valley of the Wind. Mm. Yeah. Um, that one's really fucking cool, and this had really, really interesting motion. I noticed at one point, I could tell everything, like the just the care and detail that have been put into every scene. When they're wrapping up the uh, lightsabers together, that cloth looked like yeah. It's one of the hardest things to do is to draw textures and like, um, like cover things in a way that's believable. to so where they don't just become the new. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's... Yeah, I could just tell how much they actually gave a shit just watching the animation of them f- deliberately folding up all of these lightsabers to to get them out of the scene. It was, uh, oh, man. It felt like... I bet that that must have been, like, 30,000 drawings.
0: Oh, God, yeah.
1: Somewhere around there. Maybe more. But, yeah... Like, your average episode of Avatar is apparently, like, 20,000 drawings. I think that, like, your average anime is, like, 4,000 drawings. Mm -hmm. I think that, yeah, that was probably beyond uh, what we'd see at a typical Western animation. But, um, yeah, fucking... All of the story beats hit hard. The the twist was cool. I felt like maybe if I was paying more attention... It's one of those, like those those subtle turns where you feel like if you were really paying more attention then you would see it but
0: honestly no like i've watched that episode more than any other one in the series um and like even knowing that it's coming there's really really nothing that that gives it away i it feels like
1: the uh the moment when they're inquiring whether or not they can trust um Puck, what is his name um the the Margrave Yeah, the Margrave. What was it the, the Juro? Is yeah, that Juro, it? yeah. Um uh if you turn that on its head, we have no reason to believe that these people are who they say they are. Right. You know, the only person we watched um arrive was the um the kind the 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 person who the story was taken from, you know? Ethan? W- yeah. Yeah. The the false the false protagonist. <laughs> yeah. I, I love characters like that because oh yeah. that it shows your own expectations being dashed and also gives the, the the narrative a real opportunity to be unexpected.
0: Yeah, and it's in a like long form, like if this were the fucking series, um, he'd probably end up being one of my favorite characters just because it's interesting to like watch a character try to earn the protag role. Yeah. You know, like yeah. characters like, I'm supposed to be like the main character of this of this story and like try to assert them themselves onto the plot, um, and fail most of the time. That's that's fun. So this was production I G, um, who's done a lot of things but most people will know for Ghost in the Shell and Attack on Titan. Oh. So. Which is not... If you told me that they did one of these, this would not have been the one that I would have thought that they would have would have done.
1: No. That stuff's pretty edgy.
0: But yeah, no. Great episode. I love the... um, like the dynamic of... The of the lightsabers responding to like your uh of attunement to the force or whatever, so we get to see, um, uh, we have a visual like representation of the main character coming in tune with the force as the episode goes on slowly, and so th- that's why I think it works best happening in this episode because if you stretch that out, I feel like the impact would kind of be weighed down by the when is she going to get her color kind of yeah. thing. It happened oh, yeah. in the first episode, she still has a lot of growth ahead of her as a Jedi. Mm. But getting that basic level because the other kid's there too already of like being connected enough to like uh, crystallize her lightsaber or whatever. Um, I think that was important to happen at the beginning and get them all stationed together, and I loved. Um, oh, what the fuck is his name? Um, the fucking the monster dude.
1: Yeah, uh, I I didn't catch his name either. Yeah, but um, uh, the Raphael type, the dark horse. Yeah, the lancer. <laughs> fucking yeah, great setup for him too. And I like that it wasn't just black and white. It was you know it was right. He had there was conflict in him, and he led towards the side that he
0: probably thought was going to win. Right. To begin with. And then, yeah. Um, but yeah, the fucking double twist there. Um yeah. Of them all being Sith or whatever, and then the giant droid thing actually being Juro Um. Phenomenal episode. Would love to explore more of that. Um, and then I fucking really loved, um, Astro Padawan. Yeah. Um, N- that
1: was very, that felt, um, it felt, it did feel like Astro Boy to begin with. Oh, it, was sure. it just was Astro Boy right. for the most part. But, um, That had such heart. That had such a Mm -hmm. clear understanding of, like, why people enjoy Star Wars and what it means to, like, children and just the concept of hope and of renewal and kind of that shonen feeling of your emotional content being your real strength, like your internal strategy being what actually matters to, to overcome whatever obstacle.
0: Yeah, I wrote down Astro Boy meets Pinocchio meets Mega Man meets Star Wars. Yeah, totally. The power was in him all along.
1: (laughs) But also, yeah, he kind of looked like a combination of Geppetto, Dr. Light, and (laughs) the uh, uh, engineer dad
0: surrogate from uh, Astro Boy. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one of those that kind of... Directly conflicts with, um, with lore like droids aren't supposed to be able to use the force, but that's like, but that's the entire thing. Like, if you w- not yeah, if you had the force.
1: I mean, h- if you're if you're alive, I don't know. It's just why are droids right not, not seen as living things right uh, on some level. It's very strange, especially when, Gr- Grievous couldn't use the Force, right? Was right. that okay? Yeah.
0: That was a whole, whole spiel. Um, it's more machine than mine now. But I mean, if you're telling, Pinocchio Pinocchio, yeah, then you have to accept the premise, yeah, that, uh, he can become a that boy. An, right something inanimate can can have a soul or whatever and can. Can be animated and be al- be alive. Um, so you've got to break that. And I'm glad they did. Because yeah. This is. Th- these three. Four through six. Is a really solid run. Of just really good. Heartfelt. Um, stories. The last three get a little dark. They do get
1: dark. I was very impressed that they had the Kutzpah to end on that note. Yeah. Especially uh, like ending on the emotional lowest beat of the entire uh,
0: series. Yeah, and you said f- 5, 8, and 9 mm-hmm. were yours? Well, yeah. yeah. I felt that 8 had
1: the most, although it had my least favorite voice acting of any of the episodes. Yeah. Especially in Ocho. I thought her... Her performance was completely over the top and weird. Yeah. Um, but uh, the the main character, I thought, and the father were fine. Like, everybody else was fine. It was just, it was mainly her that it was fucking me up. But in general, there's some weirdness there. That's one where I think the tracking is the strangest with the, m- mm-hmm. the, the mouth movements. Uh, they all feel a little bit off, but this one is, like, the one where it takes me out of it. Right. But I will say, the the conflict at the center of that episode... I find to be one of the more interesting ones that we get in all in this whole in this series so yeah. far. Uh, the 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 desire to hold true to this this family that has been th- the structure of power and also been the boundaries of your existence for your entire life, seeing that there's something greater than that that can potentially eclipse the power and influence mm-hmm. of of the community and and f- like power dynamic that you were born into uh can is very enticing it's a tempting idea but what you know the father and adopted daughter understand is that um just the the ability for progress right the the potential to expand isn't worth the the dissolution of what your foundational world is you don't you know uh, like you you give up too much to, to inherit the, the galaxy in this case. Right. Um, and, you know, obviously they're dealing with it from our understanding of it, like thinking about it from like a materialist, like Marxist perspective. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the empire's is mm-hmm. not <laughs> the fucking answer to any <laughs> right. of this shit. You know, it's, it's progress towards, yeah, your eventual den- genocide or subjugation. Those are the options. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I just thought that, uh, plus the fucking design on, uh, the way that, uh, the force was visually interpreted and the design on the lightsaber, mm-hmm. I thought was really interesting. Cause it was more of like a this is magic sort of <laughs> sort yeah. of thing. The, the rune, uh, that the, the father places on the ground. Mm-hmm. And she gets out her weird fucking Frieza Core scanner. Yeah. That was, <laughs> <laughs> That was a little left field for me. I didn't. I hadn't seen one of those. And yeah, that uh, that's a new thing. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, uh, well she's in the freezer core. How did this happen? <laughs> no, uh, when she puts the scanner away, and uh, he's like, "You see this with your own eyes."
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, oh, and then the the elder. But I don't have that much. I mean, it was a great episode. Yeah. But it was just. It felt just that one felt very. Um, it
1: felt episodic in a way that. Yeah. Most of the other episodes feel complete. Mm-hmm. That one felt like it was just we're only getting a glimpse of what's yeah. actually going on here. Um, which they all do leave a little bit of space and usually in a good way where you're. Yeah. You're just like, okay, the story was completed, but there's still uh, loose ends, not in a way that feels uh, unfinished, but in a way that gives new breath and interpretations to the world of the story. This one kind of just felt like, okay, we had this esoteric big bad that Mm -hmm. we were going to assume was connected to some larger force or some, you know, Entity that that could be further examined, but really it was just like this one old dude. Right, was really evil yeah. out in the wilderness. Yeah, it w- it was kind of nice to see the um, to hear the the philosophizing of the two ma- uh, main characters, mm-hmm. the Master and Padawan. They they had I think that's actually what carried that episode. Oh, for sure, was just the dialogue, the 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 yeah. strength of of all that. Um the the drawings of course were very beautiful too, and just the the focus on a more naturalist uh uh perspective it kind of felt like episode four in that mm-hmm. sense where you're just kind of looking at the the nature of everything. I r- I really liked the uh, the villain. Just his whole energy was very compelling. Yeah. It was infectious, really. Uh, I wish he had some more catchy lines because none of them are really coming back to me. But I just remember his general vibe just being almost jokery. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's like, <laughs> he stayed out in the woods long enough to become Joker. Yeah. It was <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I think, yeah, I liked the the. There was one like single rumination. I think that they were meaning to encapsulate the whole uh conversation because mm-hmm. he mentions that the uh, the master mentions that if he had met the old man in his prime, he wouldn't have been able to defeat him. Mm-hmm. And uh, because power is impermanent, and then the Padawan's like, so you're saying power is pointless? And he's like, no, you can use power to protect people that don't have it, but it like everything else is is um. I just said it is impermanent. Yeah. yeah as impermanent, as uh, temporary. Uh. And I think that's a that's obviously a very true thing to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and gets to the, the point of a lot of uh, strife people have. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it kind of c- ties into that whole concept of power as responsibility as opposed to just the the brutal understanding of it as right the ability to enact your will. Speaking of yeah, that that final episode really fucking. It's it kind of turns a very common trope on its head where somebody believes that they're um, uh, or they they buck against the notion that they are destined for something Mm -hmm. and it's usually for the better it's usually for the the sake of being like no i'm not just gonna be like worthless or have no value in the world like it's like with ray you're kind of like Mm -hmm. given the the perspective that she is been cast aside by the world her lot is to be you know worthless but she proves through her actions and her defiance of that that uh you know she is in control of her destiny and mm-hmm. can choose to do good but this this story at the end here is kind of like it's it's consequentialist it's like he the the main character is I- incapable of seeing his his role to play in yeah. such a way that he has no option other than to play that role right he spends the entire time bucking against this feeling of t- like divine providence and mm-hmm. and destiny that he will in this scenario that he he can't shake from his mind. Right. And instead of just you know allowing the thought to pass and allowing uh himself to fail, really. Right. He turns against what he believed in for the sake of uh, that that character that we honestly didn't really get to see too much of their relationship of, but right. we assume is very deep considering yeah. what they're willing to do for one another. Um and it kind of shows how his his belief in uh in that is a positive and a negative because mm-hmm. whenever they're on the path t- uh, across the mountain that they believe to be sacred and like impossible to pass uh, one of the p- uh the riders with them is left behind yeah. and he uh you know going forward with his mission statement says nothing is is destined we have to go I have to go back for him Right. And and saves his life in doing yeah. so. So we, we can see that that idea isn't wholly damned to like yeah. move against your place in the world, but it's not necessarily about that just being your purview to get to decide about what happens to you in life. Right. It's about also, uh, engaging with the material consequences of your actions and the actions of people around you and just the, the circumstance of your surroundings. So, there's no fucking, there's no way out, you know? You can't, mm-hmm. fucking not be the person you are. You right. can't not occupy the
0: space you do in the world. Yeah, which means accidentally cutting your girlfriend, ex-girlfriend. Seems like we hadn't yeah. seen each other in a long time. Yeah. Um, y- they're, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> your plot uh, device. <laughs> you right. accidentally kill your plot device. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh... So, yeah. So, are those your top three overall, or just your favorites from this? From this uh, batch? I think overall
1: I would say four, five, and eight, which is – or no. Yeah. Yeah, four, five, and eight. Yeah. Which is f- curious, because those are my favorite of the, the fucking <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> Skywalkers. Right. <laughs> um.
0: Saga. Yeah, I – I think I would say the same. Um. Uh, The first one has a special place in my heart, though, just Mm. for, like,
1: having, I think, the strongest aesthetic of any of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's, like, why I'm really glad that they dropped all these at once. Because, like, the first three, you get an idea of, okay, we're gonna do some really interesting stylistic shit. We're gonna get really, really out there and we're gonna have some have some fun. But if I saw like the duel and then a week later saw Tatooine Rhapsody and then had to wait a week for um for the twins, like what the fuck is going on? What yeah. I- what is this? Um so yeah, it's one is up there but it's more it's more stylistically than it is the actual like story content of it so it doesn't have as much staying power with me as the other like the other ones high on the list do um definitely 4 and 5 uh it's back and forth bet- i think between 6 and 8 to me um, cuz they they're both really charming and yeah. Um, oh, totally. Both have a lot of heart. It's just, do I want to feel feel good or be be sad ab- <laughs> about this about this family like breaking up? I think there's a there's a bright spot at the end
1: there, but it is it is very dark. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's bittersweet there at the end because you know that she is determined against her sister,
0: but also the family is destroyed. Right. Um. So yeah, um, hope they do more. Me too. Um, oh shit. Yeah. Well, uh, and we've done seven episodes. Um, honestly, I hate hated not having Goose here for the for the Red Dead talk. So we'll mm. we'll cover um what if next week. We've actually got a little bit. Of time before um, Hawkeye, and we'll probably approach that like we uh, like we did Winter Falcon. <laughs> just wait until a few are out, and just suffer through a bunch and knock them out um, like that. Because I doubt there's going to be enough in each episode to justify an entire conversation about them. Um, totally. And I don't know if. Goose told you. I think I told her. I may have said in the fandom chat, um, but Ruby's delayed until 2022 because um, of you know COVID and all those things. Um, but the fairy tales um, starts, I think, on Halloween. Um, or. The 30th or 31st, or something like that. So, um, we'll have that to talk about, but we don't really have anything else to cover next week, so we'll get to, um, to what if then. Yeah, there's really no other, like, because people talking about, um, a second season of Visions, like, what would be cool if they did, like, insta- not just anime, but other, like, other countries or something, but... No. There's not any other fucking, like... Nobody else has a an- culture of animation like right. that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah m- and mm. certainly not a bankable, marketable culture of animation no. like that. Yeah.
1: I and mean, really, if you talk about animation, you're either talking usually about American or Japanese exactly. animation. Yeah. There's there's some other stuff, but, like, for
0: the, you know, for the right. most
1: part, it's not, not the case.
0: Um, And, you know, like... Nine episodes, there are a few studios that did a couple, like Trigger did two um I'm trying to think of who else who all did before like f- five maybe six studios in total. there are so many other like uh, styles and um and voices in anime. They could tap into. They barely even scratched yeah. the surface of what you could do. Right with it's Star an Wars anime.
1: For sure, it's a medium that's been around for decades and decades and decades. You could do so much with it. You could even do like period pieces within an anime. Right. Relative to the period pieces, like within the Star Wars universe. Right. You like, you could con yeah. Uh, you could connect eras to the. I mean. We haven't seen anything that hasn't been like ri- a really modern style of anime, right? In in this series, and
0: I feel like 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 the like episode nine and four and five. You could have if you had like shown me those in like the the nineties or the two thousands, they wouldn't have seemed out of out of place to me.
1: Yeah, I- and in anything other than the fluidity of motion, then right? Yeah, yeah totally. Um even, even so I think actually they probably just fit in because yeah, yeah, we already had like Ghibli and all that stuff. So mm-hmm.
0: But yeah. Um great great times. Um genuinely surprised by how mu- how much I enjoyed this me too series. Um and how much how much charm it has. Like there are maybe a couple episodes of what if I might go back to. But um You know, a lot of Marvel stuff honestly doesn't have a lot of staying power to me. It's very of the moment and then yeah. you kinda
1: forget about it then right. a week later. Um I think the only episode I rewatched
0: was the first one in What If. I've rewatched the The Doctor Strange episode and I've rewatched the Thor episode. Um, but I think that's about, that's about it. Um, cause yeah, like you said, there's, it's very of the of the moment and there's not a lot of like characterization or like a lot of meat to grab onto to like enjoy coming back back to it. Like not a lot of like interesting dynamics and stuff going on. And it's hard to quantify that. Like it's hard to explain why it I've probably watched the Ninth Jedi ten times now to like maybe two or three for every other episode except for like um the village bride four or five times and Lapanocho four or five times. But why I can just keep watching the ninth the ninth Jedi. Um it's it's like it's hard to quantify what makes something something work. Why I loved WandaVision watching it but I haven't gone back and watched it, but I've watched Loki three or four times now all the yeah. way through. Yeah. Um We'll discuss more of those things next week. Um, well, I'm sure where we'll get where we'll get to out out west. We may finally, um, well, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure w- we, uh, we meet Alden and when we're in Rhodes, and, um, Oh yeah, we'll go to a uh to women's march. And uh maybe we'll uh learn about the joys of advertising. But for now, no one's got to go. So we got to go. Yep, got to get goose. So leave. You're you're making it awkward. <laughs> Bye.